It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm. Joe O'Donnell joined by the one and only America's favorite house guest, John Francis Lawrence Mita. What's up, Johnny Mita? How we doing, Joe? How we doing? Great, brother. I mean, who can complain hanging at you know, the beach for the better part of the whole summer, basically? You know, I got no complaints. You know, what yeah. can I say? What can I say? I'm with you. Not a bad place to be. That's for sure. Not a bad place at all. Uh, so... My man, it's been uh, a week or so since we talked. We did catch up in person recently. It was great to see you. But a lot has happened on the sports landscape since then. Uh, and this will be actually a rare podcast where we probably don't discuss the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just still up in the air with the NFL. But uh, yeah. we do have some live baseball to report on. And what do you know? It was terrible baseball for the most part over the weekend against those hapless Miami Marlins. And now on top of that, the Phillies game tonight has been postponed because like a third of the Marlins have COVID. So um, your thoughts, I guess, I'll let you start wherever you want, either on the season now, I guess somewhat in flux for the Phillies, at least in the short term, or do you want to go to the miserable weekend of baseball you saw? Um, Well, I mean, let's just talk first and foremost (laughs) about the team. And the team and what we saw. Um, Again, so happy to have live sports back it was you know fans no fans it was just great to see yeah but if you look at this team the the same issue persists year in and year out and you know pitching is a problem and Nola did a nice job um the you know pretty much most of the game until he gave up that that home run but but the Achilles heel for this team is going to be the bullpen and there's not one guy in the bullpen that, that you have faith in. There's only one guy that I would have any sort of faith in is Hector Neris. You know, essentially, and he might be your closer. So, other than that, they, they got a lot of retreads. You got your Cole Irvins in there. You got your touchdown Tommy Hunter, who stinks. He's so horrible. The fact that he is on this roster, I, I just it just makes me nauseous. Uh, I love I love how much you hate Tommy Hunter, by the way. We've yes. all been there with a player or two, uh, or in my case, usually about 10 on every roster. I I just love that you hate Tommy Hunter so much. The other day, you texted me about Tommy Hunter, and I was like, oh, man, he must have come in and blown the lead. Or, I don't even know if he pitched, and you were all ready. I think he was just warming up in the bullpen, and that made you sick to your stomach. I mean, he might have come in for two batters. That's about what he's good for. Two batters per year. He's so terrible. He 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 doesn't have any good stuff. He's just uh, I just I can't stand him. And we continue to bring these guys back. And then we have your, you know, Adam Morgan, and 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 it was a baffling decision for Joe Girardi. He picked I don't even know the guy. I, let's just say this, man. They're both unless they get great or pretty decent starting pitching. And when I say that, that means that these guys have to go six to seven innings pretty yep, much every at, night. At, every yep. night. If they don't get that, even though there's an expanded playoffs for this year in MLB, and God knows if the season will finish, but I, I just don't see them making the playoffs. I just don't see it um, because their pitching is so bad unless their offense just catches straight fire. So, Which we've seen the strikeouts already. Uh, right. More, 
and, making and, you sick to your stomach. Right. And, Just put the ball in play for crying out Well, out. and also another thing that, you know, anecdote that we saw that was kind of a recurring theme of the last, you know, four years of Phillies baseball is not being able to get runners home when they're in scoring position. Yesterday, they left. Like, they, three yep. times they had the bases loaded with maybe one out, and they were able to get zero runs home. And that's, like you said, I think they had seven walks opening night, and they don't, and they and they could barely get any runs across the plate. I mean, you know, it's listen. They it was frustrating already for the strike. First of all, to lose the first game, you know, with Noel on the mound, it's like just it's the Marlins again. For whatever reason, they can't yeah. beat the Marlins. And then you come back, you get a great performance from Wheeler. You hit the cover off the baseball. Gregorius looks great. You get a home run from Real Muto. It's like, you know what? We're good to go. Like, it's win the series. You start Sunday's game with a 4 nothing lead. Bryce Harper tattoos one into the seats. Like, and you're like, all right, beat the fish two out of three, get ready for the Yankees. Then all of a sudden, you know, you give up 11 runs, you lose that game. So now you've lost the series. It's amazing what a few innings or a few pitches or one game can do to the outlook of a team, especially when it's 60 games. And. It's just frustrating, and you're right with the bullpen. Like, listen, that move Girardi made opening night to go to a guy that had never pitched before, and that's your first guy out of the pen, I, I don't get that. But, you know, maybe they know more than we do on analytics and all those sorts of things. I'm sure they yeah. do. But it's just frustrating when, when, like you said, so then even Sunday, like you just got to keep the game close, and they can't keep the game close. Well, and it's like, who do you rely well, on to get out? Like who? Like you said, who's the guy? Who's the first guy out of the pen in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning to bridge you to the narrowest of the world? And by the way, is Sir Anthony Dominguez alive? Does he like? Does he have two arms? Well, like, his, what is his story? Because he was one guy with some talent. Well, no, and I well, don't even see him. You know, he has to get Tommy John surgery, and we all knew that last year. And then they tried to do the Deshaun Jackson. Let's rehab the injury, right, and he still rehab, is not yeah. going under the knife yet. For some reason. Now, I don't know if that's him because he just doesn't want to face surgery and he's nervous about it or because of what the COVID crisis and elective surgeries. But, my God, you got to get the surgery and come on back. That's There's no other way around that injury. Rehab will not work. I mean, he was the one person in the bullpen. Again, it's just delaying the inevitable. And I, I don't understand that. And. Why not go to, like, if you're needing a long relief, I don't know why they wouldn't stretch Pavetta out and try to get him involved. And then right. we also have to keep right. in mind is yesterday the Phillies were facing a pitcher that was, like, 0-7 in his last seven starts, and he kind of lasted longer than our boy Vinny Velasquez. So, yeah, let's go. Vila, Vila. Are you ready to retire the Vinny Velasquez experiment? Can we please move on now? The guy's not a starting pitcher in Major I, League Baseball. I don't know. I, How I bring you explain the... yesterday? You have a 4 nothing lead against a hapless Marlins team. Okay? A 4 nothing lead. You're having your best camp you've ever had. The manager showed faith in you starting you in the first series when you could have yeah. been the sixth guy or wait, you know, the fourth or fifth game starter. He brings you in to start the third game, which could have ruffled some feathers amongst some of those other starting pitchers, especially the guy who gets repeatedly beaten up by the sleeve monster and Jake Arrieta. That guy can't find a shirt with sleeves on it. Like, 
you you throw Velo in there, and he's just and you spot him a lead, and he literally can't make it to the third inning without a complete grease fire going on. It, it is well, I, it is unbelievable. He's 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 mentally soft. He's so <laughs> fragile, and he just throws up meatball sandwiches but why, every opportunity. Why, every but why, big spot, he, he just proves one. Like why Arietta wasn't the one starting that game. Well, I don't know either. Maybe it's because he Velasquez looks so darn good, and he was commanding pitches. He was great in the, the inter- only squad, thing with Vinny uh, v, last, if you look last outing, he was great against the Yankees in that exhibition game. If you look at his career numbers, though, against the Marlins, they're horrendous. Though that's why I figured, like, was Girardi just playing a matchup? Because, like, I don't know. But uh, I maybe give him one more start. You know, one more start, and and see what he does. I, I want to see Spencer Howard up here, though. I know they got to send him back to Lehigh Valley for one week, but it, it's time to bring the kid up and feed him to the fire. I mean, because God knows, we don't even know if the season's even going to finish with all the news yeah. coming out. Yeah. And, Let's yeah. transition there. Um, this morning, you know, yesterday before the game, the Marlins starter scratched. He tests positive for COVID. And they play the game. And then after the game, there's talk that several Marlins players have it. And now, as of today, what was the last thing? Like two coaches and a Something dozen like or so that. players all have tested 12, positive for the virus. Two like, coaches, yeah. I mean, and now they're staying in Philadelphia. The visiting clubhouse has been essentially locked down. The Phillies game's been canceled. The Marlins home opener's been canceled. Uh, and so now you have two teams that are already behind a game, and it's not weather-related. It's virus-related. And this is an absolute uh, black eye for the opening weekend of baseball. It's the one thing they couldn't have happen. It's their biggest nightmare. And here it is, just days into the season, we've already got a halt to play. Now, some people out there are going, hey, this is reality. You knew what you were getting into. You know, this is just going to be the way it is. And that might be true. We might see a lot of this where a game is postponed or a team has to certainly shift around its personnel to get around a couple of positive tests. But knowing what we know, which is not a ton right now, but just knowing that a weekend in, we've already got two games canceled. Where do you think well, this so is going, John? Mina? There's a lot of information that need, that we need to figure out. Number one is, okay, when the, when the pitcher, when they removed him from the lineup yesterday, okay, when, when was that COVID test taken? That's what I want to know. Was this a test taken yeah. when they were still back in Florida? Because I imagine, like, with these road trips, you know, a lot of times teams come in early. I think now they're probably coming in with, you know, the pandemic going on. They're probably coming in same day. And I know the NFL is going to – like, usually the NFL, they'll leave and they'll come in Saturday, the day before, right, their game and then get settled in the hotel. Now they're probably going to switch that where basically you're coming in game day that morning on the airplane or whatever or something like that. So I want to know when the test was taken – I want to know, were they outside? Were they in the hotel? Did they go out to a rut? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of information. Was this, you know, could they pick this up when they were staying at the Ritz-Carlton? So I want to know is when the tests were taken and when they decide to test these other players. Was it after? Like, the, and, and when are the results? Because there were so many varying reports with Major League Baseball in, in regards to testing of how long it was taking to get the results back. So if this guy took a test while he was in Florida and then they get the results back, 
And then the other question is, okay, if he did test positive and you wanted to just make sure everyone's safe, how come you didn't call the game yesterday? So, Right. And apparently the Marlins players and staff met. They made the call to play. I saw that. To take the field, which is a, again, in my opinion, a very damning, uh, you know, case against Major League Baseball. It's like, what are we doing here? Why, Why is somebody higher up on the pay grade scale not making this call? Like, why, why are the Miami Marlins staff and players making decision for the rest of the league, yeah. essentially? And that's the one thing that, you know, is, was certainly, like, eye-popping in this story is that the players and the staff, like, what, it didn't come from the commissioner's office. It was like, yeah, uh, let's take a little poll around the room here. You guys want to go? You want to go out there? Yeah, well, if not, we got to come back again later in the season. It's like, oh, yeah, let's just go play. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't hold water when we're talking about trying to be smart about this or pay attention to science or any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and Rob Manfred, I mean, let's just say his uh, le- leadership hasn't yeah. been exemplary in, in the least bit. And right. just and you knew this is, this, is, this is kind of good to get the experience. Okay, what do we do now? We knew if there was a breakdown, what would happen if a break or an outbreak takes place? What are we going to do? How are you going to do it? Now are these players, are they going to have to sit for 10 days? Uh, the Phillies, are they going to be able to play two weeks from now? I mean, that's the biggest thing. And you look at the NBA. I mean, can sports continue? The big question is going to be with the NFL now and, and with Major League Baseball. Now, the NBA right now, they're having a lot of success with this whole bubble concept of just basically keeping people quarantined in a certain part, but for those other sports, it's uh, that's kind of not going to be able to happen. So, yeah, what a mess, man. This pandemic is just wearing thin. I mean, I can't take it anymore. I'm sure all these people in the country can't take it anymore, but uh, let's just hope. Let's uh, finish some uh, these seasons. I mean, the NBA got started, and they're, they're doing a nice job, and then we got hockey. And my question for you, Joe, is – can we talk a little NHL real quick? Yeah, of course. But I, I think I want to hold your uh, feet to the fire here. Crystal yeah. ball for me. Does Major League Baseball no. finish the season? I mean. Okay. On the record. On the record. Well, Tom Mita. Well, I heard. Hot take. And the reason why I say no is because, like, a guy that I respect who is, you know, one of the most trusted analysts or contributors that – in Major League Baseball, and that's Buster Olney. And he was saying this weeks ago. And the number he gave out, it was like a 5% chance that they would finish the season. 5%. And when I heard that, that really wow. like made my ears go up. And I'm like, wow. I mean, this is a guy that's in tune with everything, with the league. And he's given a 5% chance to finish? That's not good. So, Yeah. All right, you had, uh, you had some hockey stuff you want to get into. We'll talk about the Sixers and the NBA yeah. in a moment as well. The NHL teams have headed for their bubbles, their hub cities, Eastern Conference Toronto, Western Conference Edmonton. All teams departed Sunday. Uh, exhibition games start tomorrow. And every team gets an exhibition game, and then it's on to the qualifying round, and then the seeding games for those teams, the four teams in each conference that have already sort of locked up their spots. So, uh, the Flyers will play the Penguins tomorrow in an exhibition game, and then they kick things off against the Bruins on uh, Sunday, I believe it is. So we got we got playoff hockey, man. It's coming. Um, 
and the teams all arrived safely in the bubble and everything the NHL put out today. They did thousands of tests across, you know, players, staff, media, whatever. And I believe they had two positive tests um, in their last, their last sort of roundup and, and re- reporting on their testing. So they are in Canada where it's much safer. They're in those bubbles. Players are not allowed to leave the area. They're fenced in areas. There's fitness centers, uh, movie theaters, restaurants, bars, food trucks, you name it. Every player's got their own room. Every team has their own floor on the hotel. There's lounges for the guys. I mean, it seems like the leagues, the NBA and NHL, with this bubble philosophy have got it right. We'll see if it plays out that way. Um, but the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be on the ice soon, man. We're going to play off hockey. So that's kind of what I wanted to get into with this 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 bubble. Now, the uh, the Eastern Conference is Toronto, right? And yep. so is everybody going to be playing in the same building? So they have two sheets of ice or two arenas in each of the okay. hub cities. So essentially you've got two rinks. Now on top of that, I think I read Edmonton because uh-huh. again, I've been paying close yeah. attention to Minnesota. There's like 14 total sheets of ice that they have access okay. to. So, you know, cause a lot of these facilities like, uh, Rogers place in Edmonton where the Oilers play, they probably have their main sheet and then they must have, you know, their practice facilities right well, there. That... Or uh, like in, in Minnesota, for example, their practice rink and their game rink are separated by like a, a mile of walking distance. Like it's, it's nothing. It's right in St. Paul. So I'm sure in Canada, they're way more loaded on, on number of options there. So I think I read something like 14 yeah. sheets of ice um, in Edmonton alone for the teams to utilize. Well, so... That's what I was going to say, because, like, I don't know if you saw that Rogers place, Edmonton. Didn't their arena suffer serious damage? Yeah, they had a bunch of flooding. Yep. But they're all up and running, man. I've seen photos from both. It looks pretty cool. They're going to do like the NBA's doing with the LED, I guess, projector screens. They're kind of coming down, and they're going to put a pump in the crowd noise, and they'll have the goal horns for each team. And um, I think it's going to be a cool atmosphere. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different, but I think when you get those ice mics potted up and you get that game sound and that natural yeah. sound there, um, I think we're going to have some good hockey. Oh. I really oh, do. I'm looking forward to And almost everybody's healthy, too. That's the other thing. It's like you think of, this is almost like the start of a new season. So you've got guys healthy that were banged up or had surgery in March, and now they're recovered. You've got uh, players that are you know, in physical shape now because they've been training for a few weeks. They had a mini training camp. They're all going to get an exhibition game. Um, I, I think you're going to have a, like just a really, really good, uh, good brand of hockey. I think it's going to be fast. It's going to be energetic. I think, I think you're going to like, yeah, well, you I'm see. looking forward to it and I know everyone else is. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I can't wait. And I think, you know, you look at the two sports, I think the NBA and the NHL have the best shots to finish their seasons. That's for sure. Agreed. Agreed. What have you seen? Yeah, the, right. Sixers, so the Sixers, um, it looks like so. I watched the first, the entirety of the first exhibition game. Yesterday's game was kind of hard. I I could get it through an application. I only watched a little of it. But first game, one of the things I noticed, like it looks like the break has done them some good. Um, it also looks like the team had better chemistry, which is kind of nice to see. Now, how that's a product of some of the leadership. Everyone said like during the, you know, during the layoff for the break that Tobias Harris was pretty instrumental in keeping the guys together, doing Zoom calls and and the team. A lot of these guys look like they're in good shape. And 
and, and, and just understanding and knowing the roles and being okay with what the role is. As we all know, you know, Ben Simmons is moved from the point guard duties. And now that's Shake Milton's, he's a starting point guard. And Ben Simmons now moves to the power forward. And then basically Al Horford then comes off the bench to uh, back up and beat. And, and what I've seen is a lot of good things. They're distributing the ball. They, they're playing. I think one thing that really stood out is their defense against the Memphis Grizzlies was outstanding. The only the one downer that I saw was that Joel Embiid continued to just sit out at the three point line, and I know, you know, with Ben Simmons playing the power forward, you might want to try to get him in the post more. But listen, Joel Embiid needs to be a, a, a big force down low, and he has to post off. And now he did hit a couple three pointers, but at the same time, we need him to do everything, and so that was a little worrisome. Then he kind of. Didn't play the second half of the game because he's a calf injury. Now, coming up, there's going to be eight games that they're going to play to kind of basically formulate what the seeding of the playoffs is going to be coming down the stretch. And I I don't care if if Joel plays any of the next eight of those games. You have to find a way to keep him in, I mean, keep him injury free because with a calf injury, that's something that can linger. So, you can't bring him back too early. Just give him the rest. Let other guys get the opportunities. But I did like what I see. I also like some adjustments out of Brett Bar- Brown. I-, I didn't see on offense. It kept doing that dribble handoff nonsense that I just want to throw right through the window. I, I saw a lot more pick and roll, <laughs> which kind of fits more to the skill set of some of these guys. So all in all, um, the Sixers were off to a pretty good start. And, it looks like they've come ready to play, which is great to see because I know a couple guys on the team, including Joel Embiid, didn't think they should be playing. But it looks like uh, this has kind of brought them together. And all they have to do is focus and play basketball. There's, you know, there's no distractions. And let's not forget, everyone knows that I'm not a huge Ben Simmons guy. I mean, listen, I think he's a, a tremendous talent. And if he just works on his shot, he could be a top five NBA player overnight. He was able to take two three-pointers in the game. Yes. Yes, Woo! I repeat, he was 50%, which is fantastic. He kind of he kind of bricked the first one, but then they had the moxie to take another one when he had a wide-open one from the corner, which I like to see. And this might help him out to shoot the basketball because there is no fans in the stand. Nobody's going to boo him. Nobody's going to just criticize him and bash him. You know, I'm all about take the shot. I don't care if he takes 20 shots and misses and makes five. The fact that he's a threat to shoot the ball will make defenses think. So that was another good sign. I agree wholeheartedly, John Mita. But are we forgetting about the fact that these games will be broadcasted and there's something called social media? So if he jacks up two air ball three-pointers, he's going to be memed and gift on social media till the cows come home. So I don't, I mean, the fan part of it to me, I don't get it. I think the guy just needs to make some shots, take some shots and build that confidence and understand it helps the team win. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It makes him a better basketball team. He's a better player because of it. Do you think Simmons and Horford can coexist on the court better than Embiid and Horford, meaning at the four or five slot? Um, hmm. Um, because Horford's been a grease fire, yes. right? Of a signing, like I was yeah. pumped. I thought, you know, he killed us when we played the Celtics, and I thought this guy is perfect. He brings it. He's a leader. He plays defense. He get in the paint. He's done nothing, 
except, you know, look out of place. So, well, you know, maybe these eight games, if Embiid sits out, they develop. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – I like the lineup change, to, to be honest, because I think my only worries is that Ben Simmons just sits out on the perimeter by the three-point line because <laughs> when they basically last year get, put the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands to do the same thing, <laughs> kind of be that point guard or point forward, Ben Ben got a little stagnant. So I think – and I, I like Horford coming off the bench because, like, that's where he needs to be. He He's not – him and, and Embiid on the floor together has just not been positive throughout the entire year. So, yeah, I, I like it better. All right. Anything else you want to get into, well, brother? you know, just hopefully these NBA players find a way to stay in the bubble and don't travel to strip clubs. That's all I'm going to say on that one. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it's just, let's just, I just hope, you know, hope that, that we can, we can get these seasons because what a refreshing thing it's been to just say, Hey, Hey, you want to go meet up and watch the game at your house? You know, obviously bars and restaurants are not really operating at, at capacity right now, which which is a real downer. But you should be able to get on the short list for like Rochi's, right? And, and Rochi's is closed. Rochi's you know what I mean? Closed. Come on, man! They can't ha- they can't open up and put on a flat <laughs> well, they screen. Only have two, and... But no, that uh, they're yeah. uh, closed for the foreseeable future, man. So. Yeah, so um, watching sports at bars is, uh, you know, maybe maybe by September, October, we might have that come true again. But it's, uh, oh, man, this pandemic stinks, I'll tell you. Well, I am looking forward to sitting on a couch, any couch, and not doing much other than watching a ton of hockey because NBC Sports Network has like 100-plus hours of hockey coming your way america canada and beyond uh over the next like 10 days or something so 100 hours of hockey all means something and it's live giddy up sign me up my friend all right on that all right brother great stuff as always appreciate everybody tuning in anchor.fm all the various podcast platforms as well for john mita joe o'donnell always a pleasure johnny mita we'll talk to you soon we'll crank out another one here once we uh we have some meaningful Sixers and Flyers games to report on. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Brotherly Love Podcast. Till next time, we'll see